Welcome to Fly Digital, Flightman's very own podcast series. I am your host Shambhavi and I will be introducing you to a series of talks on connected aircraft software solutions. Enjoy! Hi everyone and welcome to the pilot episode of Fly Digital, Flightman's very own podcast series. Our guest of honor today is Joe McGoldrick, CEO of Flightman. Joe has extensive experience in the arena of data communications and software development in the aviation industry. Joe, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little more about Flightman? Yes, um, I'm, my, my background is is in aviation software development, as, as you mentioned. I think got involved in Flightman um, about 20 years ago, when I think when we saw the need at the time for addressing, applying modern technology to processes within the aviation sector. And there's an opportunity, for example, to move away from what at the time is predominantly paper-based, that last mile between the, the back office systems within, within the airline and this highly advanced, sophisticated technical assets, which is the aircraft. And what you actually found in that, in that, um, that gap between the, the back office systems and the, and the aircraft was processes that really hadn't changed since, since the um, advent of commercial aviation. So there's a lot of paper, there's a lot of inefficiencies. And I guess what we were focused on originally as a, as a company was in the area of what's called an electronic flight bag. But over time, that has expanded out to encompass much more than the flight bag, which is focused on flight operations, to looking at, the, at all processes around the aircraft and how, through the application of modern technology, um, airlines can achieve optimizations in, in how they operate. And by do, also by doing that, can improve passenger experience. That sounds incredibly interesting. Joe, thank you so much for that very uh, succinctly communicated um, insight into the kind of work that uh, Flightman does. So Joe, in relation to the operational efficiencies that you were referring to, yes, you did mention how electronic flight bags would help in um, you know, replacing you know, loads and loads of paper that was traditionally used in aircraft about 20 years ago. And of course, that's very, very sustainable. And it's an excellent means in which um, technology is being deployed in the aviation sector, yes. But in terms of um, getting into the very nitty gritties of improving operational efficiencies on the aircraft, how exactly can electronic flight bags uh, help with that? Well, it's, it's, if you look at, you know, some, if you take examples of, of some of the main processes, um, you will have, you know, process, for example, like the um, pre-flight maintenance. So all the maintenance activities that have to happen before the aircraft can depart, looking at data distribution, how um, data is kept up to date on the aircraft. So for example, that could be everything from, you know, manuals, charts, even um, aircraft databases, et cetera. And the whole area on flight operations, how crew brief, how to do their post-flight reporting. You know, you, you'll find that briefing in, in some airlines can be, you know, paper-based. And then, you know, the, the crew will return a post-flight um, report in a, in a flight envelope, which will be transcribed into an electronic system for, you know, for analysis, future analysis. And then you're also looking at other process around cabin crew operations or in-flight services. Again, that's looking at, you know, how, you, how can you improve customer service, you know, in, in a time where 
obviously there's a lot of competition for you know to to within the sector and how can you provide a um a passenger with a personalized shareable travel experiences and collect and thereby also um collect rich passenger profile information so again you're looking at i define your important passengers and making sure that they have a um a personalized and, and positive experience. And if they have a negative experience, then obviously you need to engage in service recovery to ensure that that's, that's addressed. Then there's processes around maintenance post-flight. So again, you know, what happened on the aircraft um, and making sure the aircraft is, is airworthy and discrepancies, et cetera, and any checks are all, all maintained and managed. And then any vendors um, around, you know, your, you know, where that's purchasing fuel or any other services or DIs or any other services um, at a remote stand or remote station. So again, tracking all that um, data and making sure then that you know it flows into your back office systems where you can where you have it centralized, as opposed to you know what you'll have in some operations today is that if you take fuel at a, at a remote airport, you will be you know you're dealing with paper invoices um, that will be posted into the um, to the airline at a at a later date. And again, removing that and streamlining that. So, so it's looking at the aircraft in its totality um, and, and looking at all the processes that impact the aircraft. And thereby, I think it's, you know, what, what falls out of this is, is leads to breaking down the silos within the airline. So what you have in the airline today is you have, effectively, you have um, three silos that don't really communicate with one another. That's flight operations, um, in-flight services, looking at the passengers, and then tech ops, looking at the actual, the, the physical um, aircraft that maintain that, the physical aircraft. So again, by, by taking the view of a, of a connected aircraft in its totality, what you can do is you can, you can break down those silos and get data sharing across um, the whole airline. And, and that, again, just leads to you know, streamlined operations. All right. Uh, thank you so much for that very comprehensive response to my question, Joe. And honestly, I think it was very, very well explained. I have engaged in this arena quite a bit, but uh, I think you have done a brilliant job of, um, you know, demystifying the concept and sort of uh, giving me a very well-structured breakdown of the three silos involved in this. So, uh, Joe, would you like to go into the very details of like flight operations, tech operations and in-flight services? Like, of course, again, I guess there are three very distinct and very discrete arenas insofar as operational efficiencies are concerned. And again, externally, it may seem like they probably intersect, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure and I'm aware of the fact that they don't. So would you like to shed a little light on that in terms of commercial and probably non-commercial airlines? Yes, well, 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 fundamentally, I think the, obviously the airlines are really looking at it, the technology, I, I think, addresses three areas. I guess one is, is cost savings. Mm -hmm. So this is this is and this this impacts all airlines. So whether that's tracking um, or optimizing crew duty day. So, for example, it could be that the that the pr crew can actually start briefing before reporting to the, the aircraft or report so that could, the briefing could actually start could actually take place using an iPad from the hotel or from mm -hmm. home. It's tracking, for example, maintenance hours. So again, it's we have done a lot of workshops with airlines where we've actually gone in and, and looked at the processes and how they operate today. And then looking at if, you know, a, a 2B process where you can look at if you had, you know, if you used technology, how you can actually streamline processes and, and achieve cost savings 
and also enhanced, basically just enhanced usage of, of your available resources. So for example, with maintenance, that could be as opposed to going to the aircraft for the overnight maintenance to retrieve the, the paper tech log. Because the aircraft is now connected, um, when, a, when a discrepancy arises on the aircraft, you know that in advance of the aircraft um, landing or before sending a maintenance personnel to the aircraft. So again, you can schedule and plan maintenance items. You can also, if a, if a, if a discrepancy occurs on the aircraft that will impact you know, revenue, either the, the operation of the aircraft in terms of um, whether it's, it's airworthy or whether it could be a revenue generating, for example, business class seat that, that is a discrepancy, you can, you can ensure that somebody can meet that at the gate um, and um, to make sure that the, that the aircraft remains flying and that the seats, all seats, available seats are, are, um, are usable. Again, it can be also, into, you know, managing costs in terms of um, vendor services and again, ensuring that, you know, if you if you are purchasing fuel, for example, and the credit terms you have with the fuel because with the fuel provider, because you know immediately how much fuel you use at a remote stand, you don't have to actually wait until you receive the invoice. So these are areas where you look at cost savings. And then there's enhanced compliance in terms of, again, rather than you, you transcribing information from paper, either, you know, a tech log or, or voyage reports, Everything is entered electronically and is available in a electronic um, format in real time or quasi real time within within the airline. Again, and because it's stored in a in a database, you can actually um, extract business intelligence from you know from from how your airline is actually performing. And again, that that also impacts you know maintenance, flight operations, but also in flight services in terms of you know, luggage, passenger experience. Again, there's just looking at the application of technology to, to streamline operations. And then because the aircraft is connected, finally, you have the op you have the ability to actually generate additional revenue. And that can be, for example, um, with sector-specific sales campaigns. So because you know there is a, a particular profile of passenger on a particular flight, then you can actually target sales campaigns to specifically to the, that profile of, of passenger. Or similarly, if you know, you'll know if there's a high value passenger on the aircraft. And again, if that passenger's had a, had a bad experience, you can engage in service recovery to, to ensure that, they're, um, that you can rectify any bad experience the passenger may have had. So again, it's, it's looking at the, rather than looking at, at one specific part of the aircraft, it's looking at the, the total aircraft and, and streamlining all the processes around that aircraft. All right. So rather than just singular services, it views the aircraft as a compendium of services and essentially addresses each and every single one of the components that is underneath that. Yes, it's rather than looking at a particular app and um, that's mm -hmm. focused on, on one aspect of operating the aircraft. It's looking at the full aircraft and looking at all the processes that impact the aircraft and how they can be optimized. Well, that's incredibly interesting and also very, very handy. And I'm sure it is something that has come a long way in the last 20 years since it was last incepted, Joe. So in terms of, you know, someone who as someone who has been in the industry for quite a while right now, what challenges and what uh, developments have you observed over the last 20 years? Because technology, as we all know, it's not static, it's dynamic. And in fact, as we are uh, working on uh, this project right now, we are learning extensively about technology adoption and, you know, the various factors that are involved 
in it, you know, from the point of view of airlines, etc., be essentially your clients. So over the last 20 years, have you seen any changes in terms of how people view these operations? And the reason I'm asking this question is because I have another one that follows this. So what changes have you seen necessarily over the last 20 years in terms of how people perceive electronic flight bands? I think the biggest change is how the regulators have come on board with new technology. Aviation is, by its nature, is a highly regulated industry, be that the FAA or EASA, and everything is prescribed in terms of how everything operates. It was a highly controlled environment, and it still is a highly controlled environment, but I think the regulators have been much more open to accepting new technology. I think that's one of the reasons why, if you look at even prior to the advent of tablet computing with the with the iPads and even some of the, the Microsoft devices, what you actually had was paper. And it's not true that, you know, paper-based processes. So there's a lot of paper involved in the operation of the aircraft. And really the, the hurdle that airlines faced Obviously, there was a technological hurdle in terms of there weren't the, the commercial off-the-shelf hardware, low-cost hardware. They weren't available. So what you had in the aircraft, you had specific avionics, and it was a very tightly controlled environment. And I think with some of the work that some of the, the main airlines, US-based carriers, specifically working with the, the FAA, they made huge progress in, in terms of the allowing commercial off-the-shelf tablet to be deployed in aircraft. That was a game-changer. So that sounds, again, very interesting. And it is understandable why the advent of the iPad was a huge game changer for the aviation industry. It just made things, I guess, a lot handier and just made things a lot more efficient and saved space, I guess. So yeah, that does make complete sense. She had a situation where with everything that went into the cockpit specifically had to be avionics grade hardware. And it was a, a tightly controlled in terms of even down to chipset numbers. It was, it was a very tightly controlled environment. And um, and that, I think, through the support of the FEA, the ASA, that has, I think, procedures have been put in place and process have been put in place to, you know, to enable or facilitate the deployment of, of commercial off-the-shelf hardware. And all right, so the reason I asked uh, this question in terms of adoption was mainly owing to the fact that I was actually chatting to my uncle over the week. And my uncle, he is in aviation and his main area of interest is military airlines, right? So while I was chatting to him and while I was speaking to him about a project that we're working on and I, I was talking to him about electronic flight bags, he basically spoke to me about how people in the defense or in the military are actually a little reluctant to adopt this technology mainly because of the fact that it is all digital and obviously it's all data-based and obviously right now we have um, encryption services and several other ways in which data can be secured but given the sensitivity of information as far as military airlines is concerned you know and given the political situation in the world today and given how you know terrible things are generally like you know there's always a lack of trust in technology and even in university we've read a lot about how there is this ever-widening chasm between the consumer and technology in terms of how consumers find technology fascinating, but they find it difficult to adopt technology in its entirety because they don't trust it just as much, right? And this, of course, is exacerbated in the case of uh, military airlines and the adoption of electronic flight bags. So in terms of that, Joanne, in terms of specifically of the kind of security measures that have been put in place in terms of electronic flight bags in general and flightmen in particular. What are your views on that or what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's, you know, I think obviously uh, data security is it's a huge issue. But what you are seeing in the industry with the application of, you know, of 
good security practices or strong security practices, I think a, a lot of those, you know, a lot of those fears can be uh, can be addressed and a lot of those concerns can be addressed. So in terms of, you know, just, I mean, all data is encrypted, it's, it's encrypted at, at storage. And then in terms of the, you know, the server, again, it, it, it's just, uh, the, you know, security standards, um, best practices are deployed to, to ensure that, you know, the hosted server is secured and all data transfer between devices and the underground service is always encrypted and it's also encrypted at, at rest when it's when it's on, on the server. So there are, you know, there are good practices, strong practices within when the IT infrastructure for securing data. That notwithstanding, I mean, obviously, I think obviously in the, once you get into the military domain, there are there are specific challenges. Of course, yes, definitely. So I guess, uh, Joe, in terms of now uh, the pandemic, right? Obviously, it is a no-brainer that aviation has been hit in a very, 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 very big way over the last uh, year or so, right? And of course, yeah, people say things are getting back to normal right now, but with stuff like this, it's always a little uncertain. You never know when uh, things are just going to pop in out of nowhere like a jack-in-the-box and (laughs) surprise you. And this is specifically true in terms of the aviation industry as far as things stand right now. So just in terms of that, what would you say is the current situation in terms of the electronic feedback industry and going forward, what kind of changes do you potentially foresee as someone who has been in the industry for a good while and as someone who has been a businessman in the arena for a good while? I, I think it goes without saying that the obviously this, this pandemic has been unprecedented in, in terms of its impact in the um, in the in the aviation sector. And I think what people are seeing uh, and what airlines are seeing is again it's, it's a term that that has been banded about, but um, build back better. And I think it, it it will going forward it will serve as a as a catalyst for change. I think it'll it'll serve as basically a driver for, for looking at you know how do we operate better, how do we operate more efficiently. We've gone through this you know a tough period. But now we're coming back and how do we optimize how we operate? And, and that has to include, for example, looking at the connected aircraft. And, and, and again, it goes back to, you know, all the years that we spoke about earlier in terms of process around in-flight services. So how do we make sure that the, the passenger has the best experience, the maintenance? How do we optimize in terms of, you know, managing the, the technical status of the aircraft and data sharing then between you know, those two areas or silos and flight operations. So again, it's how do we use this event, uh, COVID, and how do we move on from that in terms of using it as a as a catalyst for change to, to streamline how we operate? All right. So yes, that makes complete sense. And I guess that just in terms of commercial aviation industry, it is probably going to prove a little more of a challenge than it is for, you know, other areas because trade is not going to stop, for example. Unfortunately, wars are not going to stop. And obviously, you do need people in terms of medical help and medical aid, et cetera, et cetera. I guess in terms of all of those aspects, there is still going to be a demand in the market for electronic flight bags. So I just guess it's a means in which software can be reconfigured or how it can be optimized further to suit these arenas in a better or serve them in a more specific way. This has been a, as a non-precedented period for aviation, and it's looking now as it's you know it's building back better. It's looking at how and how we can operate better as an as an airline. How we can now that we've been through this period, how we can break down the silos and how we can share data across all our operations. So again, it's 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 a it's a catalyst for change, and I think that's what we will see you know going forward. The future does look fairly bright and. All is definitely not lost. And there's definitely always going to be plenty of potential for technologies such as these 
to survive and thrive. And I guess in the larger scheme of things, things would smoothen over what I'm so definitely. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Joe, thanks for those very, very interesting insights. And before we log off, do you have any closing comments, like anything you'd like to share in terms of the product itself? The future is, is exciting in terms of, of new technology, in terms of the adoption rates. And, it, you know, it's, it's the whole ecosystem that's required. So there's low cost communications mechanisms. So, you know, so what you'll have in today is what you'll find is, is, is some aircraft today are um, when, when they're actually flying for in terms of flight operations, they use um, legacy systems, for example, like ACARS, which is, um, you know, for between the the, the cockpit and the and the ground. But again, what we're seeing is move away from that where we can use other satellite technologies. So it, it is really that kind of a, the, once you have a full internet in the sky, it opens up huge opportunities in terms of passenger experience, flight operations, and also, again, all maintenance activities. And, and so it's whole ecosystem where you have commercial off-the-shelf hardware, you have low-cost communications and high-bandwidth communications. And again, that gives a great opportunities for new and innovative applications going forward. Fabulous. All right, Joe, thank you ever so much for your time and for all those absolutely valuable and interesting insights on the electronic flight bag and the industry. And as you said, the exciting times we are in the midst of right now. So with that, guys, we officially conclude the very first episode of Flight Digital Fightman's very first podcast episode. And we shall see you soon again. Goodbye.